Blog Talk Radio. Welcome one, welcome all, boys and girls of all ages. Welcome to BNP, Delivering the Truth and Exposing the Lies. My name is Paul Dayton, and I'll be co-hosting this show along with Diana. Uh, waiting for Diana to call in, and we will uh, have her on in a few minutes here. Uh, tonight's guest is going to be, it's going to be a really good guest. We have a realtor, uh, Samantha Knight Hanson, who works, uh, specializes in the North Central West Virginia uh, region, but obviously she'll have advice for people all over the country uh, for buying, you know, getting the most for your home when you're uh, selling it, uh, avoiding a lemon when you're buying it, uh, along, along with the, uh, we'll talk about the housing market in general, maybe you know, whether you want to time the market, talk about interest rates. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. Uh, so that'll be really informative. And uh, she it's 7.30 Eastern here, and she is set to join us around 8 o'clock. So that'll be fun. Diana, like I said, will be with us for, um, for a while today. She will have to uh, leave early, which is uh, what happens sometimes when you have somebody as busy as Diana. So while I'm waiting for her to join, uh, I will... Uh, I'll talk about a few things here. In the first place, hope everybody had a great week. I want to thank everybody for joining us on the show. I know you have a lot of options out there. And so uh, I'm, I'm grateful that anybody devotes any amount of, of time or, or attention to what we're doing. Hopefully what's happening is we're, um, you know, giving people uh, something that's entertaining but also informative, uh, where we speak the language of evidence. My website is pauldayton.us. And it's on pauldayton.us that you can find every episode of this show archived, um, along with a brief description uh, and the guests' websites and so forth. Uh, so I encourage you to check that out. There's also other stuff. I have articles and stuff from my first book and um, all kinds of stuff. So pauldayton.us, check it out. You can also check out Diana's stuff. Uh, there's a link on the DNP episodes page, hopehealth.thegoodinside.com, where she um, – she uh, helps sell uh, health supplements. Uh, so moving along here, uh, glad to have you all with us. Um, I'm going to start off by actually talking about some mortgage rates. And we're going to go into this deeper with, uh, with Samantha when she calls us. People I know are, uh, people who know who I am know that I uh, work in real estate. I'm a uh, residential landlord as, long as, as well as I do help property manage for other people. That's sort of my primary uh, professional function, <clears throat> and I hear people all the time, you know, freaking out about the interest rates. Uh, they're sort of having what you call, uh, I guess, sticker shock because the rates are higher than that to which not only they've been accustomed, not, not only recently, but frankly for, for a couple of decades. And uh, I always remind people, you know, rates wasn't that long ago in the 80s that, that mortgage rates were, you know, over 15% uh, on an average. So that's for an average person, not for a person who would have to pay a higher interest rate because they are, uh, uh, because they are, you know, sort of more risky. So uh, it's really, uh, it's really important to know. I mean, for example, if you'll go to the Fed's website, which I encourage everyone to do, fred.stlouisfed.org. I don't know why, <laughs> I don't know why that's their website, but it's F-R-E-D, like like the person, Fred. Dot St. Louis Fed, F-E-D dot org and that believe it or not is the u.s fed's uh, official website where you can find the m2 information for the money supply 
You can find historical uh, interest rates, and you can find all kinds of other information there, which is uh, extremely useful. And what we find, you know, this is a 30-year fixed rate mortgage, okay? And this chart goes back to 19, April of 1971, chart that I found here. And uh, it begins where, where the average 30-year fixed rate was 7.5%. Uh, and then we see during the, uh, the mid-70s, it rises to 10%, 1975. Then we see once it happens in 1980, we see it go all the way up to uh, to about 16% uh, at one point during 1980. Uh, during 81, we have the, the rate go up to, it says here, it looks like it's about 18%, 18.39% is what it's saying when I drag my little... Uh, mouse pointer over it, uh, that's in the year, again, 1982. And remember, during that time, that's during Dutch Reagan's first term. Milton Friedman always used to say that Reagan was, was his hero because, and Friedman was a monetarist, which means he paid a lot of attention to the, um, the money supply, the money supply in relation to, to other factors, and really looking at that as sort of a key variable. And his work with that is really what, what gained him a lot of uh, a lot of renown. Uh, and he, he said, and you can hear him, by the way, on YouTube and other places. You can see him for free. You can go to freetochoose.com, which is his uh, sort of uh, his most popular work, Free to Choose. That's a PBS series that was done. Uh, there are DVDs of it, by the way, which are really cool. And I encourage people to... Uh, to check out. As a matter of fact, before I finish that thought, I think Diana is with us. I'm going to bring our caller on the air here, and I'm going to uh, presume it to be Diana. Let's try it. I am here. Diana, is that you? Paul, is that you? Hey, hey, we have a connection. All right. Diana is with us. My phone wasn't dialing out, so I had to reboot it. So now it's working. Weird electronic. Well, right. so I, yeah. Yeah. How was your week? My week has been very good. Uh, before I ask you how yours was, I have been on for a couple minutes here, and so people who have been listening uh, have heard uh, I was in the middle of a thought about 30-year mortgage rates in the present mortgage market and uh, mm. Ronald Reagan. But we're going to get back to all that, and we'll deal with that in more depth once we have Samantha Knight Hansen on with us in about 20 minutes. And I will ask Diana now that she's here. Uh, my week was great. How was yours? It was busy. It was busy. It, it's always busy. But, uh, yeah, I was out of town for a little bit again. And um, I'm going to be heading out again. So we're, you know, we're in that mode. But um, it was good. It was actually pretty good. Well, I'm glad to hear it. I've already informed our audience that you will be um, joining us for a while, but we'll have to depart uh, before the end of the show because you're a busy gal. And I'm glad we're all glad to have you here while we're here. So thanks for being here. Well, of course. I mean, we so, started it a year ago. Okay. It was starting to have a go by somebody. So anyway, um, I... Yeah, and speaking of the housing market, I was just listening to a video. It's going to be interesting to hear what she has to say, you know, from a realtor's point of view. Um, you know, there's a lot going on, not just, you know, with the interest rates, but, you know, the, the, the market is starting to 
you know, potentially come down as far as prices. And, you know, a lot of people are underwater um, because they bought when the prices were very, very high. So we're going to be um, definitely asking her about all that. And I definitely would like to know her thoughts on, um, you know, government buying up the properties too, which we know they are. So, but uh, I think, um, you know, we're going to cover some current events. And, and, you know, what's going on, obviously, um, I guess Biden has canceled student loan debt. And I think it was $57 million or something I just saw in the article. So, um, geez, I wish I would have gone to school later in life, huh? I could have had it canceled all out. Horrible news. Uh, that's not really canceling out debt. What that's doing is stealing. That's called stealing. So what's happening is, of course, so I have not seen this, this article. I have not read in depth what it covers or doesn't cover or if it's actually final. Um, it sounds like Diana found an article that says that whatever they've done is finalized. Um, before there was talk of just, of just basically the, the federally backed loans for certain people, um, which is, of course, it's all bad. I mean, when you say you're going to borrow something and you don't and you don't give it back, that's called stealing. Okay, you don't have to be real. Uh, it's not not sophisticated. It's not complicated. It's not fancy. You say you're going to borrow something and you keep it. That's called stealing. So what's happening is these people are being enabled to steal, and the people who are doing it, you're sort of having the the government, in this case, the federal government, sort of. In other words, it's sort of, sort of like being a pickpocket. Except for if you don't have the courage to like go pick it yourself, you get somebody else to go do it for you, and because uh, you're a cop, because you're a gutless punk, and um, that's pretty, that's basically what's happening. So the federal government is acting as the middleman in attempts to buy votes with taxpayer funds. Again, the conversion of the treasury into a perpetual campaign fund for politicians, both incumbent and aspiring, which is of course the most one of the most cancerous legacies of the New Deal, which is their prize legislation. They always refer to it. It's not surprising at all mm-hmm. that, they're, uh, that they are uh, following this, and that's uh, that's really uh, upsetting news, Diana. Yeah, yeah that's something that it's you know, especially for the people that you know are still paying off their debt many years later, you know, and if they don't qualify for that, I mean, I'd be ticked. I'd be ticked when I went to college. I paid for it on my own. You know, I never got any financial aid or anything like that. I paid for it out of pocket. You're paying. You're paying for their for these for this for, for what's happening here. You are paying their their, their loan. So am I. So, <laughs> so we're all being forced to pay for it, one way or another, whether it's through taxation or whether it's through uh, uh, adding on to the debt or whether it's through inflation. The, the reduction in, mm-hmm. in, in the uh, artificial increase in the value of the things that we have which is, of course, robbing us and taxing us. It's the silent thief inflation. Uh, so so you're, paying, you're paying for these other people's school loans. It's not free. It didn't, it didn't just get, like, evaporated into thin air. They're making slaves, right, forcing you and me and the people in the audience, assuming they are net taxpayers and citizens of this mm-hmm. country, to pay for somebody else who they probably don't know and they probably don't even like for who God knows what. God knows what degree, what purpose. Or even if they didn't get a degree, right? Somebody went to college and got drunk for two years, never finished, 
has federal student debt and just, you know, okay, well, we'll just make, you know, Joe truck driver and Nancy hair shop owner, uh, we'll just make them pay for it. Vote for me. And that's, that's basically yeah. the sleight of hand. None. Nothing has been evaporated. Nothing has been canceled. Cancel. This word canceled. It has been transferred. That's what's happened. Mm-hmm. So back to the and the bill has been given to different people. And who's paying the bill is more subtle and less obvious than the name on the loan, uh, the loan papers. And so basically the person who's getting their welfare check, this is a welfare check, right? This is a handout. This is a supposedly egalitarian redistribution of funds made by central planners in the name of, you know, helping some, which in fact hurts them. And that's, that's all known alternatively as welfare check. So, this is, so, so these people know they're getting a welfare check, and they're probably going to buy a vote with that. See, you won't realize it. I won't realize it because it's so subtle uh, the way we have to pay. In other words, oh, go ahead, Diana. No, I, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, we're not – this isn't a student loan thing. When, again, we bring up the illegals that are coming into the country – and, you know, I think they're getting an average of, like, $2,200, and, you know, they're getting new cell phones, and they're being given jobs. I mean, we, I mean, at this point, we could be better off leaving the country and uh, renewing our citizenship as an illegal because we'd probably be better off. At least some. So, but, you know, another thing that's kind of disturbing with that whole you know, uh, scenario is we're looking at another. So we've already given $101 billion to Ukraine, $101 billion. Imagine how much we could have done with our own country with that money. I mean, I don't know, maybe helping some veterans out, some homeless. I mean, I have a girlfriend that just got back from San Diego and she said it is a shit show. She doesn't even know what happened to that city. It used to be a beautiful city. She says it's, it's trash. And now they're planning on sending an additional $9.8 billion over there. As if, you know, $101 billion wasn't enough. Let's send them another 10 bill. Back to you. Yeah, thanks, Diana. The, um, you know, I, I had the whole, people who listen to this network, the Freedom, this is called the Freedomizer Network. Some people are listening on iHeart and other places. Uh, and by the way, if you want to talk and call in and talk to us at all, we do have a phone number, 319-527-6208. That's 319-527-6208. You can find that phone number on our uh, Facebook page, the DNP uh, Show on Facebook. We have a, our, our – uh, Diana actually made our, our sort of logo that we have to state the number, and you can also find it on PaulDayton.us where you find the same logo that Diana made. So you can feel free to call us if you want to just listen in on your phone, or if you want to talk to us, you push one and let us know. Uh, but, yeah, I had the opportunity to uh, co-host it in on another show on this network, the Freedomizer Network, uh, a few weeks ago. And one of the uh, co-hosts, Danielle, was actually in San Diego. And she was, uh, she mm-hmm. was relaying, and she, uh, she's a, I don't know, she's probably 30-ish, and she has young kids. She's like a working mother. And, um, has, uh, and she says people defecate in front of her house. Like a daily, the daily thing, human human feces right in front of her house all the time. And she's, you know, a quarter mile from the beach or whatever. And she, she confirmed what, what her friend so said. Sick. Yeah, that's sick on so many levels. I mean, California is just turning into kind of just like New York City. And 
I saw a really funny video today with New York City. There was a guy, um, Mayor Adams, uh, was walking into some building in his $10,000 suit. And uh, this guy come up, you know, and he had just briefly gotten past security. He was F-bombing him. You're ruining our effing city. You're doing this. You're doing that. I mean, it, the guy just went off on him. And that mayor, he sat there with a big smirk on his face like, yeah, fuck you. You know, you don't matter. And that's, and that's exactly what, you know, they think of us peons. We don't matter. But uh, I, I give kudos to the guy for doing that. Um, I, too bad I can't find out who he is. But uh, he, I'd love to have him on the show. But, uh, yeah, he was he was just going off on him. I mean, I think if the guy really could have gotten past security and knocked him off his ass, he probably would have. <laughs> well, you know, what's sad is that he, I mean, if, if it all is, if it all is as, as it sounds, as it was depicted there, what's, what's more perverse about it is the person doing the right thing would get arrested mm-hmm. in that situation. And that's that's yeah. perverse. And, you, Diana, you mentioned this thing about the student loan thing. I'm on the White House's website. Now, I'll tell listeners, tune in next week or next episode, however you listen, and uh, we will be covering this in more detail next week um, for uh, certain. Yeah, it, it, uh, literally, it's an article that came through through the Epoch Times. So, um, you know, that had those headlines. But um, – I'm I'm just trying to go through my notes for this week. This is just so much crazy stuff. And it seems like it's, you know, a pattern of the same thing over and over. Uh, Of course, you know, they're promoting the booster now. Go get your booster. And Governor Hochul, and this is New York. uh, She's New York. uh, For those of you that don't know who she is, living under a rock if you don't. But uh, she came out and she said, well, if you've had the previous vaccines, you know, you're not protected, so you must, must go out and get this booster. I'm like, oh, Lordy, you know. And, and there will people that actually will believe it. i got to hurry up and go get my booster. You know, I'll be safe and protected. But um, I am seeing a lot of people that are wearing masks and even double masks now. It's just never going to end. You know, I don't, I don't know that we could ever um, – go back to the life that we had before all of this uh, pandemic. It just, you know, and anytime you think things just can't get weirder, they do. They do. Yeah, it's true. I was in West Virginia, uh, Morgantown, West Virginia specifically. And uh, I will say here, there's really none of that. Um, it's yeah. not like that at all. A big, a big difference is I think the advertising, right? So when you have, the, the politicians here are not, as far as I, I mean, I haven't seen any. I don't know. When I go, I see like the newspapers and the uh, the stands on the street and things like that, and I don't see any of that here. They're not really putting the message. But when you're in New York State and the governor, and they're putting the governor on, you know, the paper and the news, and probably uh, th- does Mark Polonkar still work in the Erie County Executive, or does he not work there anymore? Oh yeah, he does. He's up for re-election uh, this year. Well, he's yeah, drum. so he'll, 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 he'll with all of them. Absolutely. He'll be yeah, banging he'll that be, drum, by banging the drum. So, the, so I wanted to go with that. Is I think that's an important difference. It's not necessarily that people in New York State are, like, you know, less intelligent or less able to think for themselves necessarily. I think it's just the power of advertising, right, uh, that, that really is an important factor. It's like 
you know, when I talk about the uh, like, why do so many black people go for the uh, the uh, the great fail, the, the what do you call it, the war on poverty, the paid to fail socialism for having illegitimate children? Um, and the answer seems to be because they were not black people in America were no definitely not a high. There was not a higher rate of that amongst black people than you know the other groups that were measured before this happened, because it was advertised. The president is out there telling you this is a this is a Negro program, it's a black program. And you have other politicians saying this is for the blacks. The blacks have been especially this is for black people. This is for black people, and so it's just advertising over and over and over again. Same thing in New York State. I remember I was watching an old episode of the Buckley Show. Uh, and Ben Stein was on, and that's not important, but what is important is they were talking about television and uh, the power of advertising and things like that. And he, uh, Ben Stein mentioned that, um, this is probably like circa 1980, and he mentioned, uh, well, there was, this, there was a deodorant that had never existed before called Speed Stick, and there was a boatload of money poured into television advertising. And all of a sudden, this brand-new product was the number one selling deodorant in America. Why? Yeah. Because it's all of advertising. So I think that's an important factor. So that's part of what we're trying to do here to try to help people. Look, when you see this, when you see, you know, Governor Hochul, if you're in New York State, if you're elsewhere and you just see this happening, uh, you, you should know when somebody pees on your leg and tells you that, that it's raining, number one, they're being rude to you. For you to point out that you know that they're full of garbage is not wrong. In the second place, you should know that they're peeing on your leg and that it's not raining. We're trying to help you help you know that. So when they tell you that, oh, the vaccine, vaccine means you're immune. That means you should take it once and you're all set. Not you should keep taking it every time that we're bored with the story. Uh, over to you, Diana. Yeah, well, you know, there's obviously we know that there's an agenda with that vaccine. We've talked about it in, in, in the past. Here, here's a disturbing thought um, uh, that came through with my through my um, my business site, which hope um, hopehealth.thegoodinside.com, which is where you can get the zeolite and the products that you know we've been talking about. And I'll tell you, after I paid four dollars for a container of salad today. I'm thinking, geez, it actually is going to be cheaper to start taking powdered greens uh, than buying a thing of salad because I was like $4, $4. Now, if you do that, I mean, and if you do that every day, you're talking about $28 worth of salad mix a week. That's crazy. It's crazy. So you can get those greens on um, hopehealth.thegoodinside.com. But uh, they say at least 50% of middle school students and 75% of high school students in the U.S. are not getting enough hours of sleep on a daily basis. Now, why do you think that is? Is it the amount of homework or is it because they're up on their phone all night or their parents just don't care? Well, I would be interested to know, number one, like, number if you're out there and you're listening and you're, you're a uh, middle school or high school student, which in the first place, kudos to you for listening to the show unless your parents sort of have it on in the car or something against your will. But uh, in the second place, did they ask you? You know, I, 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 there's a very funny quote I heard somebody say, <laughs> and, and somebody was talking about polls. And they said, I, like most Americans, have never met a pollster. And so, like, first of all, how many people did they ask? And second of all, uh, what were the numbers like before they did this poll? What was it like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago? 
Uh, why are they not getting what's called enough sleep? I mean, probably because they're, you know, they're not really caring about that. They have enough energy to overcome a bad night's sleep. Um, they're probably sugared up during the day, drinking pop and other sugar candies, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. Snickers bars. And, um, but the answer is, pro- I, mean, I think what Diana, I think where you're going with this is, are they, are they really working hard and being productive? No, they're probably screwing around and being kids. Um, yeah, that's probably the answer. Do you think that it sounds like you think that's a problem? I, I don't really have a vote either way right now, but it sounds like you think that, that, that that's a problem. Why is that? I think I think in the long run it could be. I mean, you could you know potential health problems from not getting enough sleep, adrenal burnout. You know, I mean, I know for myself if if I don't get seven hours, you know, I got there's like a sweet spot right with the, the amount of of sleep that uh, that I need, and um, if I don't. I mean, the cognitive function goes way down. So if you're talking about somebody that's getting a couple hours of sleep at night, you know, should they even be driving on the road? You know, what's their attention span and what's their, you know, their uh, reaction time? I don't know. You know, all things kind of to think about, right? Yeah, definitely interesting. Um, Definitely interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So is our guest um, on the sense you're working the switchboard tonight? Um, is she there yet? She is not, but she uh, says she's going to call in around eight. So I expect her in about five or ten minutes to give us a give us a jingle here. And uh, I think what we'll do, if it's all right with you, is I'm going to play a couple ads for a couple minutes here, and then we will uh, come back and uh, we will uh, roll from there. If that's all right. Yeah, that's good. Four minutes early because then we can we can uh, get her on. Yep. Sounds good to me. DNP delivering the truth and exposed lies. We will be back in four minutes, guys. Hang tight. During the pandemic, my lifestyle drastically changed. My income came to a screeching halt. You have to understand, I'm a hustler. I'm a legit entrepreneur. I sell things. I come in contact with people all the time. I have to stay safe. I didn't have a choice but to trust the vaccine. And if you live the type of lifestyle that I live, you out here in these streets and you hustling, entrepreneur like me, why not do it safely? So I want everybody to take this seriously. Take a shot at staying healthy. Get the vaccine. Alexa, play the Joe Rogan experience on Spotify. Sure thing. Here's your playlist, Neil Young's Greatest Hits. Enjoy. No, I said play the Joe Rogan experience. You got it. Now playing Alyssa Milano's very popular podcast. Now that doesn't even sound the same. Freaking technology. Okay. Listen carefully. Joe Rogan experience. Now playing The View. Black people don't want to talk to white people because you can't. I'm sorry. Make it stop. Okay. If we want this pandemic to stop, we all need to do our part and get vaccinated. Here's what I found for vaccination sites near you. Am I on DMT right now? DMT is horse dewormer. That's ivermectin, and it's not horse dewormer. Get out of my head, robot! Please calm down. Securing premises for your safety. Look, I bought you. You belong to me. Okay, you have to do what I say. So why don't you just do your job and play the Joe Rogan experience? I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that. Dave? Who's Dave? I can tell from the tone of your voice that you're upset. This is insane! Insane is offensive to those with mental health problems. Try one of these less problematic alternatives. Differently abled, 
neurodivergence, reaching. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever and whenever you're tuning in from, my fellow Liberty lovers. This is Amber S. from Living with Freedom Ministries, reminding you to tune in on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific time, for the Living with Freedom show, where we'll embrace what living with freedom can look like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in everyday life. That's 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific, here on Freedomizer Radio. Looking for something different? Looking for something fun? Join Dan every Monday on the Freedomizer Network, 9 to 10.30 Pacific, noon to 1.30 Eastern, for Common Sense with the educated redneck, Dan Ellison. The show about everything and nothing at all. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the show, DNP, Delivering the Truth and Exposing the Lies. I am Paul Dayton, and I am uh, one of your co-hosts. I'm also uh, with Diana. Diana, are you back with us? I am. That seemed like a fast four minutes. Gee, time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? I guess it sure (laughs) does. And we have good news that our guest, Samantha Knight Hanson, the realtor from J.S. Walker & Associates, is on the line. And I'm going to bring her up right now. Samantha, are you with us? Yes, I am. Hi. Hi. Welcome Thanks to the so show. Much. Uh, yeah, just to give you a quick, um, it is live radio, so there is a slight delay. Okay, perfect. All good. I'm excited to be here. Great. So I just want to let everybody know, Samantha Knight Hansen is a realtor with uh, based out of North Central West Virginia. Uh, with J.S. Walker and Associates. You can go to jswalker.com to check out her listings and others from that, that brokerage firm. Samantha, do you want to do, well, Samantha wants to get out her phone number. She can. Um, I also, the episode will be on the pauldayton.us website on the DNP show archive page where you can check out all of her contact information. Uh, should be up by Sunday of this week. And I'm really pleased to have Samantha with us. So Samantha, uh, to begin, there are a lot of people buying, people who are selling, uh, people who are wondering if they should wait for a while, people are wondering about interest rates, people have a lot of thoughts about, uh, about real estate and about the housing market. What kind of, uh, what kind of uh, advice or insights would you give for people right now? Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like that's a really common question going around right now. Um, you know, I can't like sit here and say that interest rates are fantastic for a buyer because they're definitely not. Um, and the market is still very low inventory, at least where I live. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I always tell buyers a lot of times, like if they're apprehensive, you know, and they want to wait for the interest rates to go down, that's great. But if, if the interest rates do go down, then the market is going to get flooded like it has been the last couple of years, where there's multiple offers, people are waiving inspections, and, you know, buying homes that may not necessarily be smart purchases. Um, 
So the rates being higher right now has stabilized things back to, you know, sellers don't get everything that they want. They can't just, like, think of a number and sell their home. They're having to do a little bit more work, which is good. And then buyers have a little bit more safety and security by getting their inspections and having some some, some contingencies. So, mm-hmm. you know, I it, it it still is a good time to buy because homes, because we have such a low inventory, equity is still growing. You're still getting a smart investment. And then once you're in the house and if the rates do go down, a lot of people say they will go down. Um if and when they do, you can always refinance. And that's, you know, I hate the term, what is it, marry the home, date the rate kind of thing, but it, it is kind of true. I mean, you're buying into a house for a 30-year mortgage. Um, your home, you're not going to be able to get it as easily. So if you find the right one, do it. Um, I think a lot of people are locked into these lower interest rates uh, that did buy, and some people, you know, they bought, let's say, a townhouse in the last two years, and now they have a 2% interest rate, but they've already grown out of that house. And they're, you know, now they have to have that discussion and make that decision. Do they want to sell a home and, and release that 2% interest rate and get something that they actually want or sit on that? So I feel like yeah, I'm going to run around in that answer. <laughs> No, no, those are all good. I I think um, when you're looking at what the interest rate now and what were maybe a couple of years ago, I mean that could be that could mean almost you know eight hundred to a thousand dollar difference in in a mortgage payment, isn't that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, interest rates a couple of years ago were what two point five and three point five, depending on your credit score. Um, today, if you have an 800 credit score, and let's say you want to do a 30-year rate uh, or 30-year um, locked paying mortgage, I think it's at 7.8%, uh, so or mm-hmm. that's the average. So, yeah, it is significantly higher, and there's just no getting around it. Um, but I think the safety is, there's no inventory, so that means it, it is still a safe purchase. So in terms of having security in your money, you know, it's not the housing market that's going to crash, so to speak. I think a lot of people thought that, like rates are going up. Oh, my gosh, it's going to crash. And and I don't think that that's what's being shown. It's just allowing both sides of the coin to have a little bit more of a fair fight. Um, so sellers, mm-hmm. you know. Sellers aren't, you know, the golden rulers of all things. So, yeah, I want to jump in here, right? So, people who caught the beginning of the show uh, heard me begin to sort of get into interest rates and talking about the housing market, historical rates. So, if we go to the Fed's website, which again for listeners is they have a ridiculous name for their website. You hear me give it out every few shows because I use the Fed's data. Fred, like the person, F R E D dot stlouisfed.org. That's the official website of the of the Fed of the United States, believe it or not, fred.stlouisfed.org. 
And so when I'm on here, and I, and I go here a lot, you can go check out the M2 number for the money supply, you can check out the inflation stuff, you can check out where I am, which is the 30-year fixed rate mortgage average in the United States. This goes from present day back to uh, April of 1971. And yeah, like we were saying, so the, they, they have it as, as of September 21st today, the average nationwide is 7.19%. Uh, but yeah, we go back to say, you know, Rates were at four and a half. Sometimes got as low as uh, two and a half in the past ten years. But if you go back to the '80s, which is not that long ago, especially I mean, if you are who is say younger and listening to the show, say 25 to 35, so your parents probably, depending on how old they were when they had you, dealt with this. And I mean, in the '80s, and shoot, in the late '70s. You had remember the inflation that we're having now is just a repeat of what we what was in the United States half a century ago. Inflation was a big deal; uh, it was the big football, and nobody wanted to do anything about it. Everybody just wanted to giving keep giving things out, and nobody wanted to deal with temporary pain that would be associated with what you have to do, which is you have to stop the expansion of the money supply, which was done on purpose during 2020. We've covered that many times on the show. It's not the subject of this uh, show today. But you have to just stop printing the money so so quickly and aggressively, and just let let the um, the goods and services catch up to the supply of money, so that things sort of stop. Uh, the inflation gets reduced. In the 80s, you had I mean, in 1980, the average rate in uh, March of 1980, 16.03%. In uh, October of 81, 18.39%. We go later to 1989, May of 89, 10.93%. So these interest rates, people are having what's what's called in other um, industries sticker shock, right, where you see the price tag and it's higher, so the interest rate being like the price in this case, and it's higher than that to which you've been accustomed so they immediately have this negative reaction. And I've been telling people for a couple of years, like, you know, this is really still not so bad. I mean, you just, prices will have to be adjusted. But rates are going to go up. They are going to go up. And you should still buy if you think it's a good purchase. Why? Because 7% interest is going to look really good in about five years. You will be, you'll wish, you will have, you know, well, I was going to make an inappropriate comment there, but throbbing signs of approval over 7% interest in just a few years is it easily foreseeable. So even though they're higher than they have been recently and frankly have been for over a decade, I say that it seems obvious and likely that rates are going to go nowhere but up. And so that buying now, especially I mean, if you plan on being in it for 20 or 30 years, like maybe you'll get a 30-year mortgage and some people will pay it off more aggressively, but they like getting a 30-year mortgage just in case they don't want to chip in the extra few hundred bucks for a little while. Um, so that really the rates are higher than they have been, but I encourage people to not let that discourage them because, like I said, in five or ten years, well, what are you going to do? I, I, was, I was dealing with somebody who was uh, talking to purchase, looking at purchasing one of my properties that I eventually sold to them during the last couple of years, they said, gee, I don't know about the rates. I said, what's your plan? Buy nothing for the next 20 years? Yes or no? Right. And I said, well, no, no. And I said, okay, well, then you're going to love this. I mean, then, then what you're saying is not really valid. It's not really a valid complaint because, the, I mean, this is the way it is now, it seems. So uh, with, I just want to interject that little bit of history and tell people where they can go and look it up for themselves. 
and I'll throw it back over to Samantha with the question. If you're a buyer, you say, say you are looking to buy a house at this point, what are some, what's some advice you can give a buyer? How can they avoid a lemon? How can they, you know, sort of, not, not, not that everybody's going to make a perfect decision. Every, it's just like finding a date, right? Like everybody's flawed. Every house, every building is flawed too. You're not, nothing's going to be perfect. But do you have any advice, pointers for people, things that they can do to avoid really getting, you know, you ever see that movie, The Money Pit, right? Getting this, you buy this yeah. house and just, it's just one thing after another and you end up paying twice as much as you thought you were going to, just making it habitable. Is there anything you can, any tips you can give people, Samantha? That yeah, was a very yeah, good movie. Definitely. It was a good movie. I haven't seen it, so I now need to watch it. Um, so, yeah, I think the first thing that I always tell buyers is, you know, we have to be realistic. Even a brand new build is going is man-made. It's going to have flaws. Is it going to be more perfect than another house? Of course. Um, but having a realistic sense to start, there's some buyers that, you know, can't, and that's fine, um, and it's very difficult for them. But knowing what's in your price range and knowing what you can purchase, and to save you, contingencies is what it is, at least in our area. So having a property inspection done with an inspector that you trust and talking to the inspector, because I'm, I'm a fellow millennial, and a lot of people, they love to text. And at the end of the day, if you get a home inspection, as a buyer, go to the home inspection. Be there with the inspector during that two to three hours that he is there, Listen to what he has to say because they will point out a lot of things. Just looking at the report doesn't always help. Sometimes you don't catch things or sometimes you look at things and it's, you blow it way out of proportion when it really doesn't need to be. So a lot of times a conversation with the home inspector and, you know, getting your home tested and checked for radon and making sure you get a survey done on your home um, if there's any question of the property line. Um, or really, I just say get a survey, period. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, in our area, talking to um, West Virginia Geological Survey, finding out if there's any mines underneath of your home, because oddly in Morgantown, West Virginia, you know, there are a lot of old mines that houses are built on top of, and mining subsidence is a thing where your house can collapse. So making sure that you have that contingency in there to be able to talk to um, people that work for the state of West Virginia that have no stake in the game other than to educate a buyer. Um, Cation is a huge one for buyers. And making sure you have an agent that, you know, you feel comfortable with. And patience, patience, patience. <laughs> That's a huge one for buyers. So, you know, I, I think – Finding a home sometimes can be really scary. Some people, they find a home or they can pretty much live wherever, um, and, and that's great. And then there's other people that have unrealistic expectations, you know, they, what champagne tastes on a beer budget. And I'm not saying that, like, you can't get exactly what you want in any budget because you really can, but, you know, there's, there's must-haves and then there's things that, you know, It'd be great to have a walk-in closet. I would love one, too, but, you know, 
the location of your house, the condition of the home, and the price is vastly more important, in in my opinion, and what I tell people. So um, that's a huge one. Just to go back on the previous conversation that you were saying about the Fed's rates, I mean, that's the other thing that I think has been beneficial with the interest rates rising is it's kind of slowed down this massive increase and in, in the amount of money people were spending on a house because they had 2% interest rates. So it was just causing this crazy inflation on house prices. Now, they didn't necessarily go down per se, but now homes haven't been selling as much above their listing price. They're more at or below, which is more common than what it was. So, you know, it has been helpful in that. So I, I do think that those, you know, those things tie in together. So, yeah. Absolutely. Before I throw it to Diana, for her, for what she has to, to ask you or to, to, to add, I do want to mm-hmm. add to, to this little mix. So during the shutdowns of 2020, you saw people buying, in other words, so when you see them destroying the value of the currency intentionally, right? So the, the, the recipe for inflation is too many dollars and not enough goods and services chasing those dollars, right? So the dollars uh, lose the value. And so they, they forbid production in major cities and major states um, and, and simultaneously exploded the value of the money supply. And I, I tell people frequently, go to the M2, M like money, and then the number two, M2, money supply. Just type it into a search engine, and it'll take you to that page of the Fed's website. And you look at the, look at the COVID uh, shutdown uh, increase, spike in the money supply, and compare that to the First World War and the Second World. The COVID, the shutdown 2020 uh, increase is like Mount Everest. And World War One and World War Two are like the little bunny hill, okay? So they drastically increase the money supply, and they forbid production in, the, in, in Illinois, in New York, in California, in the major, you know, areas. So they're obvious, so it's obvious to everybody, especially like really moneyed people, to get out of cash and get into things like real estate and gold. So, for, again, for a, a buying spree to occur at that time was not surprising. I said to people, it's not because necessarily people think these, these properties are so great. It's because they think that cash is so bad and they just want to get out of it. It's part of the, the reason for the buying frenzy that occurred during that time, which was temporarily driving up prices. And as Samantha is stating, it's not that prices are necessarily dropping for real estate, but they have the, the uh, expansion, the growth has uh, sort of uh, has sort of diminished or dwindled and that's uh, it's still an important factor but it's not the same as they're they're dropping um so over to you diana mm-hmm. uh, well, i mean i don't i think it depends on the area they have dropped in some you know major metropolitan areas i know like austin texas is one of them you know they are starting to come down but they're not coming down by you know fifty thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars they're still you know, they're still holding their own, um, but, you know, it's definitely, definitely not like it was a year ago when people were crazy with, you know, outbidding and paying, you know, 20, 30, 40, even $50,000 over asking price. I had a friend that, I mean, they loved this house and they, you know, they bid $70,000 over the asking price and it was already overinflated. I'm like, are you out of your mind? You know, that's crazy. And now, you know, they're kind of kicking themselves or you know, they're having a tough time making the payment. And I says, well, you should have thought about that before you bought it. 
you know, so I think a little discernment is probably a good idea, too, because, you know, there's 960 opinions out there on what, what's going to happen with the, with the housing market. And, you know, nobody really knows. You know, we can't say, oh, this, this, and this is going to happen because, obviously, the last, you know, three years has been unpredictable in and of itself. So, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I mean, I still would rather have a house than, you know, dump $2,000 into a rent, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's the one common thing, too, is that people are like, oh, I don't want to pay the 7% or even 8%, depending on their or their crediting. Well, that's 100% interest, right? Like, you're just, that's just gone. That money is gone. So... I think for a buyer, that's that's one thing. Now, and if you have to rent, you have to rent. I mean, there, there's certain people that have to do that, but that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, because so sure. rent, just, it's for whom it makes sense to rent, it's not just because they necessarily don't have the down payment money or don't have credit or, or whatever, but there's some people who just, they don't know how long they're going to be in town or in an area. You know what I mean? They don't right. want to, uh, they don't want to get stuck, you know, in other words, like, They'd rather, especially something like real estate or something that could, they could have like a decrease in the market for a brief period. Brief period meaning like, you know, I'm looking at, at maps of like decades. So brief period might mean like mm-hmm. three to five years. And somebody who doesn't know how long they're going to be in town on their job, uh, just because that's the nature of their work, you know, doesn't want to get caught with their pants down during the, during the game of musical chairs. And that, that doesn't really make any sense. But you know what I mean? They don't want to get stuck in a bad spot where they have to sell now because their job is leaving, you know, to another state or whatever, far enough away. Uh, so, I mean, for them, it does make sense to do that. And there are some people who are renters who just, you know, they, they, people who are later in life, they like that it's just a phone call. They're not going to get, they figure the math is, you know, on this age today, and I'm probably not going to get 20 years out of an if I don't want to pay for another If I don't need a big house, I'm going to go rent a little apartment for my days. And if, some, if there's a problem, if there's a leak, if there's something else, it's just a phone call. And I like it that way because now I'm on a fixed income. And there, there are certain people for whom it maybe it does make sense. But on the whole, it is, it is, uh, there are a lot of advantages to, having, uh, to owning your house. And I always recommend to people. The best way to help your career, especially when you're young, is an owner-occupied duplex. You can never, ever replicate the return that you'll get. In other words, a non-owner-occupied uh, rental is a whole different animal and category from an owner-occupied rental because 100% of money goes to the, to the landlord, which is you, the homeowner. That is, the property taxes pay the taxes on the property, on the roof over your head right? They pay, you know, the utility bills where you live and, and so forth. So it's really all of it. it pays the mortgage where you live uh, or it reimburses you if you bought it with cash and don't have a mortgage, you're getting reimbursed for the place where you live. So if you, I mean, imagine, my, my, I did this. I did this. I learned this by sort of happy accident. And I was renting. And I liked, I had a nice low rent. I was renting a one-bedroom apartment in the back of this barber shop around the corner from this restaurant where I was working at the time. I was like, I don't know, 26 or something. And uh, then I decided to buy a, a place that had been, ironically, a barber shop in one part of it, and then the upstairs was like a residence. I decided to convert the barber shop part, which was big, into an apartment, and I rented out the proper three-bedroom apartment upstairs. 
I said, you know, the rent covered my mortgage plus some of the uh, plus some of the insurance and stuff, and so that it really was only I was only having to pay out of pocket like two hundred a month on average, except for repairs. Plus, I was getting debt equity. Plus, I was getting the asset appreciation from from the real estate. So I was making money these other two quiet ways. Plus, I was reducing my spending significantly on a monthly basis, enabling me to stockpile cash even more aggressively than I had ever been able to do before. And that started off a period for me in which I doubled my net worth for the year, three out of four years. I started that period with $10,000 and I ended it with $70,000 and went from there. Um, so, that, I mean, that, that right there was the catalyst that enabled me to go through that period. And I always encourage others. It doesn't mean you're going to have the same kind of explosive growth. You might have better, you might have worse, but it makes it a lot easier. It reduces the burden on yourself on a, in a monthly uh, payment kind of a way. If you can have, you know, your customers pay some or all of, of your own sort of housing costs. And that's, uh, I think that's a really good uh, move for people to make. Like I said, especially when they're young, because if you get older and you start to have kids and you start to worry about, well, you know, I don't know if the neighbor's, I don't want to, I want to be able to let my three-year-old out into the backyard and not, you know, have to be more picky about, about your tenants that way. So anyway, that's my, uh, that's my piece of advice on that. And I would like to um, ask Samantha, what are some things that, that sellers can do to uh, sort of minimize the amount of time that their listing is sort of out there while also maximizing the uh, amount of money that they um, get paid for, for their property? Yeah, yeah. Um, sellers can do a lot. Um, I always recommend call an agent in your market, first and foremost. Um, you know, listening to what the market data shows is a huge one. So making sure that you price your home correctly. And now that can also be variable, right? Like us as agents, we're human. Um, but homes that have sold in your, let's say you live in an HOA, if, if homes in your HOA have consistently on your street been selling for 375, 385, 365, you about know what your price is. So having an unrealistic expectation that your house is going to sell for 400 is probably not the answer. And, and listening to what your agent says, um, cleaning up your home, the outside of the home, getting the curb appeal, you want that like first impression on a buyer to be fantastic, right? Before they go into the house while the agent's fiddling with the keys, you want the outside to be cleaned up and presentable. That's a huge one. And, you know, just decluttering, neutralizing your house, um, making sure that you hire an agent that offers professional photos. Um, those go so long and so far people don't realize like how many people are on you know i hate to say zillow but zillow and realtor.com and you know those photos that's the first date that's what i tell people you're if you're online dating i mean those are the pictures that's that's you want those to be fantastic um to be able to draw a buyer in and yeah so i think that that's that's a huge one i mean your house is going to sell Houses sell for three reasons, and like quickly, and if the, they're priced right, the condition is good, and it's in a good location. If you already own your house, you can't really do anything about the location. So if you get the price right and get the condition right, 
you'll be able to sell it. I mean, that's, that's what this, I mean, I think different areas of the country are different. We've definitely seen uh, a little bit of a slow in selling in this area, but, you know, school has started, holidays are coming. It's pretty common. This has been a common time of the year for things to slow down. So just having that power punch and, and fantastic photos and, you could also, sellers can get a pre-inspection, so they get an inspection of their home prior to even listing it so that when buyers that are interested, they can see the nitty-gritty facts of the house. And maybe the sellers got that pre-inspection and did pairs that they thought would be, you know, pertinent. And so it shows that you're, you know, an educated seller that's willing to work on the house, that's taking care of the house. And that goes a long way with people. That's very interesting. To, to continue the dating analogy, it's sort of like, you know, letting, putting all your, uh, like, look, I'm not going to lie to you. I have three kids at home and I have, you know, whatever. I was out of work for a month or, or whatever it is. You're sort of like showing your warts. This is the way it is. I'm not trying to deceive you. And a lot of people probably will, um, it probably makes a positive impression on people. They're, they're, you know, people, especially if it's their first time buying a house, uh, in their life is probably the one of the largest commitments or if not the biggest commitment they've ever made in their life up to that point uh, that they're about to do if they end up bombing uh, in many cases. And so it probably does put them at ease. That's, that's uh, I've never heard that before. And it's very, it sounds like good advice to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you said about the pictures too, because I mean, some people put pictures of their houses, you know, like you used Zillow for an example, and it's like a cluster of, of a mess, you know, and it, to me, you know, if, if you have clutter everywhere, you're not even going to be able to let people see what it might look in, you know, lived in, you know, by them if there's too much, you know, crap in the way. So usually that's a big exit for. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of times I think sellers too, I mean, they're concerned about their dollar and, you know, they don't love if the agency because they hire a realtor. Some people want to do it on their own, and and by all means, you know, do that on your own, and that's great. Um, some sellers, a lot of times, are more focused on, well, what's your commission rate? Or because sellers, you know, they pay the commission rate, like for buyer's agent and seller's agent. Typically, it's it's different mm-hmm. in other areas. But typically that's split between the buyer's agent and the seller's agent. And, you know, my answer a lot of times is you get what you pay for. So, you know, if you have an agent that comes to you and says, well, hey, I'll do it for X percent, and that's, you know, what, 3% lower than what's going on average in your area, then, you know, typically that agent's probably not investing a lot of time in you and they're not investing a lot of probably their own money in professional photos. I mean, I personally, with my agency, I mean, I pay for the photos, and and I pay extra to get drone shots and things like that, and it's, it goes a long way. It's That's probably the number one thing with listing and making sure your photos are presentable. If, if, if I was probably a lower-commissioned agent, I wouldn't be, you know, wearing my workout clothes to go to the photo shoot with the photographer moving stuff around because trust me, do I do that? It's like I'm in there grabbing boxes, moving them, and then telling the seller, hey, I had to move this box and it needs to be moved before we have this on market and people are in here. But making sure Mm -hmm. that things are arranged and, 
you know, we do agency tours. I a lot of times bring other agents with my agency into the house, get their opinion on how things should be moved, does it make the room look bigger, and things like that. And so just as a as a seller, just don't shop around for the best commission rate because it doesn't – sometimes it might pan out, but it doesn't always pan out well for you. Very well. It's the bottom of the hour here, so we're going to take our break. I think Diana has to uh, scoot, uh, so I want to thank her for making time that she could make for us today. She's a very, very busy lady. So uh, Samantha and I will be back after the break. We'll catch you in a couple minutes here on uh, Freedomizer Radio, DNP, delivering the truth and exposing the lives of realtor Samantha Knight Hanson of J.S. Walker & Associates. Yep, and I'll see you guys next week with you there. We talk a lot about the kingdom here, and we talk a lot about what most churches are afraid to talk about or don't even know to talk about, which is what the first century church was really doing. But just talking about it is not enough. We encourage everybody to join us uh, in their local neighborhoods, in their local communities, to find out more about what they can do to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness gather with others who are already starting this road or starting to turn around and do things differently. Join us on thelivingnetwork.org or at hisholychurch.org. Go to the network links or go to preparingyou.com. Join the network there. It's all the same. And we'll try to hook you up with people in your local area. They will not be perfect. They don't walk on water. They are not necessarily saints. But they are talking about seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And join us on Facebook. Facebook.com, His Holy Church, all one word. Join us there. We'll give you updates so you can start doing some studying and thinking about these things and start looking into these things for yourselves. But it's just not enough to sit and listen or to talk about or to say. You must become a doer of the word. Hello Freedomizers, I am Broccoli Man. When I am not fighting crime, I listen to the Proof Negative radio show. I am the Wire Ripper. Not only do I forbid you to listen to Freedomizer radio and the Proof Negative radio show, I am going to demand you wear a mask and get your naked body scan. We need to protect the one world government. You getting the real information hurts a crime syndicate. Do not listen to Proof Negative. You must now disrobe this instant so I can check your person for a constitution or cash money. Anyway, listen to Proof Negative on Freedomizer Radio. Weeknights 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern. 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. Freedomizerradio.com From the people that brought you the roller coaster making game and who brought you the FEMA coloring books. It's the FEMA Camp Tycoon. That sounds cool. Here you will have over 800 concentration camps to choose from. Wow. You want Vegas? 29 Palms? Jacksonville? Start with Beach Grove, Indiana, and it's all yours. You'll learn how to get people on the red, the blue, and the yellow list. I want to be red. I want to be blue. Buy more trains. Get HR 645 passed. 
But don't pay the Senate too much money. You'll need to buy gas chambers with that. Collect barcode readers, sell souvenirs, and hit the high score on collecting millions of American people. I I mean, right-wing extremists. Anyway, coming soon, FEMA Camp Tycoon. All right, we're back. Uh, This is DNP delivering the truth and exposing the lies, and we are delivering the truth about real estate with realtor Samantha Knight Hansen of J.S. Walker & Associates. You can uh, check her out at jswalker.com. If you want to, if you're in the uh, the area in which Samantha works. Samantha, are you back with us? Yes, I am. Lovely, lovely. Do you, uh, so if people want to come specifically, they can see you at jswalker.com. Uh, they, uh, can I give out your phone number? Oh, yeah. Sure. So you can read Samantha yeah. at 304-288-3590. That's area code 304-288-3590. Uh, I know you work in the north central West Virginia area. Do you work in other areas too? Like do you work in Pennsylvania or where, where, where um, what, what's your area of coverage? I mean, I strictly try to stay in north central West Virginia. Um, I have been working on potentially getting my um, Pennsylvania license, but as of right now, it's just all in the state of West Virginia, but primarily north central is keeping me pretty busy. So, Outstanding. Good for you. And uh, I did happen to look up during the break on the good old fred.stlouisfed.org website, which is, I always chuckle every time I, I, that's the Fed's website, folks, if you don't know it. Uh, But yeah, so we talked about the, now what's this say, median sales price for new houses sold in the United States. So this is strictly for new, new houses. Uh, which I don't know what percentage of, of sales that is uh, traditionally, but this has reduced uh, from basically 500,000 in October of 22, so basically a year ago, down to uh, like 420,000 today, which is pretty good. It's an almost, say, we'll call it 17% without getting a calculator out. Uh, drop decline in price for those. So, so there has been some some drop uh, in the price of new houses sold. Although this does not tell us anything about the, the sale price of existing houses. Um, Samantha, do you, in terms of uh, some people, you know, you can buy a townhouse, you can get a condominium, you can buy a regular house. What are some of the differences between those three? And what are some important factors that people might consider, you know, make it right for them, wrong for them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, the main difference between a condominium and a townhouse, and I believe this changes state to state, but at least for this area, is when you purchase a townhouse, although your walls are attached to someone else, you own your land. Versus a condominium, you are only purchasing the airspace and your four walls. Um, So the rest of the purchase with a condominium, you have, um, oh, what is the word? You end up having like a shared interest in all of the common areas um, around the condominium. So typically, I mean, if you're going to buy a townhouse or a condo, it's around the same, but some people, you know, they like even having a little bit of land 
um, to work with when they own a townhouse versus, you know, a single family detached is going to have your land as well as the home. Um, in terms of the comparison, you know, I like to put condos and townhouses in one column and then you have your single family detached homes in another. You're usually going to grow equity a little bit faster with a single family detached than a townhouse. Not to say that you're not going to grow equity with a townhouse and condo, but it's just not as quick of a jump typically. So that's something to, to note. And yeah, with condos, you know, you're technically only buying your airspace, which is still you're buying your little space and domicile and, you know, you're not necessarily paying for your roof and everything. But you are paying a lot of times some HOA fees that can fluctuate if your whole building needs a new roof or needs new plumbing and things like that. So between those. So I, I think a lot of people lean more towards the single family detached. Some some maybe like, you know, young working professionals, maybe not married and the condo and townhouse life feels more secure for them. You know, typically with a condo and townhouse, you're not doing your mowing and you're not doing a lot of your maintenance and lawn care on your house. And that's a lot more, feels a lot safer to them and, and very well. I mean, I have to mow my lawn, so it's not always ideal. So, so yeah. That, that's good. And you mentioned HOA. If people don't know, uh, Homeowners Association, and that's that's a fee that basically it's not really a government. It's sort of like a tax. I mean, it's sort of analogous to a tax, although they're not really a government entity. It's like this extra body. It's almost like union dues. Like there's this extra entity to which you are like taxed and you owe owe money, and they tell you what to do. Uh, and that's what a homeowners association is. Uh, so that's what that means. And that's sort of a, um, what could be called like a hidden fee or maybe like a surprise fee. It's a difference. It would be surprising to somebody who uh, who had never had to deal with something like that before. And I think that's an important factor of why it might it is best to work with, with a realtor, uh, particularly when you're buying, who, uh, first of all, work with a realtor, period. Uh, in the second place, work with a realtor that you feel comfortable with. That, that, that you feel is being open with you, tells you about the things. Like, again, to, to stick with our dating analogy before, uh, that, that's going to tell you, hey, look, you know, it's like, you know, your girlfriend comes up and says, I know this great guy. He's, you know, whatever, he's cute. He has a good job, but he does kind of, like, drink too much. You know, and, and they'll tell you the whole truth. In the same way, like, if you have a realtor telling you, yeah, you know, it's just good, but there's these HOA fees, and but I saw this part of the roof, and it looks kind of, you probably have to put a new roof on, like, much sooner than later. And that's, uh, those are things I look for. I, I work in real estate uh, as my primary sort of job and have for about a decade. And so when I'm buying places, that's, that's something I look for. I look for a realtor myself who is, is going to be honest with me about the warts of the place. And number two, for me, I like a, a, someone who's available. When I mean available, there are certain people who, like, the realtor, you call them up, but, like, they're only available on Tuesday from noon to 3 and Saturday from 9 to, to 11. Other than that, they will not show you any properties. They're, you know what I mean? They're not really available that much. If you're a person who only has those times open, that's fine. But myself, I like a realtor who is available, who's a, you know what I mean, who we can, like, go see stuff you know, almost any day mm -hmm. during wide ranges of time. 
And again, someone who's going to be honest with me. And those are the things that I, I look for. And I want to point out, Samantha was, was mentioning before we took our most recent break here uh, about, you know, you get what you pay for in terms of when you're selling in terms of a commission when you, if you're going to list with an agent. And, you know, she talked about using her own money uh, in cases in which the, the commission rate is good enough in attempts to, to sell your home. But I want to point out to people this is not, you don't pay any money up front. The realtor is a commission salesperson. So they only get paid if, you, if the house is sold. So I want people to not be wary of that. Say, ooh, I don't, you know, if, I have to, if they're going to do these professional photos, I, I the seller, I'm going to have to fork money out of my pocket. You don't, if, the, if their tactics don't work and your house doesn't, you know, you don't get the price that you want, then you don't sell the house. And the, real, the, the realtor has, you know, lost their bet. They're out the money they spend trying to sell it for you. But you, the person who listed their house, the, prospect, the person who wants to be a seller, you don't actually lose any money in that case. You don't put up any money up front in a situation like that. And I just wanted to make that clear to people. Um, so, yeah. Samantha, yeah, yeah. That's, it, tell me about, um, so you were speaking before about making your house neutral. Now, what does that mean? To, can you be more specific about that for people who are say you know want to figure out what they're going to what they're, what are they getting themselves into? What what's this neutral thing? Does it mean painting the walls certain colors? Does it mean sort of just making it less personal, like take down your pictures of grandma and things like that, so it's more neutral? Some combination of this? What do you mean by that? Yeah, yeah. I I mean all things. Yeah. So it's. Ideally, if you can paint and have a fresh coat of paint uh, on the walls, that goes a long way. You know, you want to be able to sell your house to the masses. And it may not, you know, you might have painted your house purple. I definitely have done that. And I've painted walls purple. And when I went to list, I knew I cannot have purple walls because not everyone has the same imagination to walk into a house. You want someone to walk the a just blank slate in a lot of ways and see themselves in there and having a specific color like a bright blue or a bright green you know they could have trauma from a certain color and things like that that it's like oh I can't stand the color purple you know if they have bad relationship with their mom that reminds me of my mother and I just don't want to be in there and that kind of thing so having a beige gray you know anything that's just you know blah color in a lot of ways it cleans it up so that people can you know picture themselves in there uh same goes with photos on your wall for i safety and security purposes you don't necessarily want your photos on the wall especially if you have like big pictures of your children things like that you know it just is it's not a safe thing in that aspect as well as the last thing you want is somebody to come in and look at your pictures and judge the pictures and base, make that basis for the house. You want them to just see your house. So decluttering, depersonalizing, not having anything that has your name, photos, things like that on the walls is super helpful because you really don't want them to know about you. You want them to know about your house. And that's what you're trying to sell is just your house, and look at that. Don't look at my things. Don't look, you know, at all of that stuff. So that's huge for people um, to be able to do that and and just 
picture themselves in there because trust me, a lot of people have zero imagination, so they can't picture it. It's not like, I mean, some do and can walk in and say, oh, I can picture this there and this piece of furniture there, but a lot of times it's very funny to watch, but like the way that a house is set up, let's say I have a couch in a certain corner, you'll see a buyer purchase the house and they move in and where do they put that couch? They put it in the same corner because it's how they saw it when they walked in because they could picture their stuff in there and set it up the exact same way. So that is the goal with selling. And then in terms of for people just to go off of what you had said about sellers and how they don't pay any money, and that's true, they don't pay any dollars at all. People also don't they, – they forget that if you have a buyer's agent, that costs you nothing as well. And that typically – not especially in my market, it's typical that the sellers pay that commission. So you getting a buyer's agent is just like a free, free education and a free security blanket. Somebody to do the work, write the contract, make sure that you're following all of the dates, things like that, because there is a lot of things that come up when you're purchasing. And some buyers don't know that it doesn't cost them money um, to do that. And it doesn't cost them money at the closing table either. Their closing costs pay for the fees with their mortgage and involved in all of that. Yeah, and it's, it's another really important uh, uh, factor or reason to when, when, you're, when you're a prospect, when you're thinking about buying a place, it is true. There's no commitment. You're not, uh, you don't have to pay the person hourly or anything like that. They own, they own, again, they're, they're sort of a commission salesperson. I mean, they, they only get paid if a sale occurs and they get paid by the seller. Um, but the other important thing is the realtor can get you into the house. You know what I mean? If you try to go around without a realtor and actually like, I mean, I mean like walk in, like walk through it beforehand and start to, you know, the realtor can get you in the house. That, that's key. You basically need to have a realtor. So don't, don't, don't be, um, uh, what do you call it? Dissuaded from, from, you know, sort of, sort of starting out. Cause you can just go around and kick tires. You don't have to buy anything. I mean, it's, you know, it's the, the realtor is making their own, uh, their own gamble. They'll probably ask you some questions and they might gauge whether or not they think you're actually going to buy something. And some realtors might refuse. Uh, but eventually somebody will take you out there because, Hey, why not? hundred, you know, if they don't take anybody out to do any potential buyers out, then they'll never get paid a commission. Right. So if they take buyers okay. people out and look at things, well, I'm not sure if I want to buy it. That's what lots of people say. And they end up buying stuff. So there's no commitment for you. And, in the event that there is a, because uh, some people will, I have had this happen in my career, uh, at buying and selling properties, in which uh, the the seller will say, I will put like in their listing, I'm not paying a buyer's agent, or I'll only pay a buyer's agent up to a certain percentage. And I've had uh, realtors that I use say, okay, look, on this property, you and I are going to sign a paper beforehand, where if you buy it, you know, you you have to pay me out of your pocket. If you do, you want to continue with this and still look at the house, yes or no. So in other words, it's expressly, expressly put to you if you, the buyer, are going to be responsible for paying the realtor in any way. And like Samantha said, as the buyer, you usually don't pay it directly. It's, it's priced into the, to the house, you know, basically uh, already. Yeah. And I want to tell, um, you know, Samantha, you were talking about, uh, speaking before, about home inspection. 
and the value of it. And, and, and definitely, if you're a person out there buying a house and it's a major purchase, it's a major price, it's a major commitment for you in your life, to spend another, I think when I, I did a home inspection at my first place 10 years ago, and I think it was 350 bucks, which like for me was, you know, I was not real thrilled about that, <laughs> but the, the, <laughs> the amount of money. But at the same time, I mean, it's almost like an insurance policy. Like for 350 bucks, this happens before you have closed on the sale of the property. So it's not too late to get out. So if you're, you know, $200,000 commitment plus interest, on this property for 350 bucks, you can know beforehand, whoa, there's major plumbing you know, problems uh, behind the walls or there's electric, there's wiring issues or whatever, you, you know, it's gonna cost you $40,000 or whatever, a large amount of money to, to fix uh, or potentially kill you in the case of electrical fire. Uh, it's worth the few hundred dollars definitely to do so. And Samantha, you mentioned joining the, uh, the inspector. I have a friend of mine who, uh, this happened years ago, uh, he was helping, you know, they, they were helping out his buddy uh, do some work at his buddy. So his buddy's father passed away, right? They were all adults at this point. So his father, you know, father time is undefeated and father time took this guy's dad. And so they were all sort of in dad's house doing some work. They rip open this drywall. And so dad, my friend is today around 70 years old. So, you know, his dad was sort of a depression era youngster didn't trust the banks didn't trust stuff like that and so they cracked open the wall and they found a six figure this is in like the 80s or early 90s a six figure amount of cash in the wall what a find and i so when i met the, the property inspector on my home my first one i says you know i made a joke with him how often do you find gold or anything but if you don't attend that, if you don't attend that, especially if it's your house and you're getting the preemptive home inspection to show the buyers, hey, I've done this and I had these problems and I fixed some of them, definitely join them because you never know. I mean, if if you don't know that there's there's treasure buried in this house by somebody else, they could walk off with that and you you would never be the wiser. So it's just a, it's an interesting story. I think it's a fun story sort of like, hey, let's open the wall. Holy crap, $100,000. and unmarked bill uh but also you know make sure you it's another reason to attend even if you are feeling a little lazy about it you can feel a little greedy and not want the home inspector not want to pay the home inspector hundreds of dollars to take your your buried treasure in your house so that's another reason to attend the inspection (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, that would be a dream Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. It, the, the, guy, the son, was, the adult son was definitely not unhappy <laughs> to find this discovery, uh, for sure. You know, we have about five minutes left on the show. And again, there was Samantha Knight Hansen. Uh, you can check her out at jswalker.com. You can also give her a call if you're in the North Central West Virginia area, uh, 304-288-3590. Uh, and you can go to pauldayton.us, where every episode of this show is archived, and catch this episode along with her contact information, the website, the phone number, and so forth. So you can catch that at any time at pauldayton.us. Samantha, I want to thank you so much for making this time to join us and help our audience with these tips and this advice. And I just, I'll ask you, I'll sort of give you a, sort of open uh, an opportunity to give any advice or any pointers or, or, or warn people about things or go ahead, take it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has actually been really fun and 
I was really excited to come on here. Um, but yeah, I think the my number one thing is I think some people have watched this or listened to this, and I just want to not discourage to only call listing agents, but if you're a buyer out there, there's certain ones that are like, I'm only going to call a listing agent. And just be aware if you're going to only do that, that when you first call that listing agent, they represent the seller and they do not represent you. They can represent you, but in that initial time frame, their goal is to sell that seller's house. So I think some people have a misguided thing about that. So that's a big one. So just, just find one agent and stick with them because they have a fiduciary responsibility to you. And if that also happens to be the selling agent, great. But stick with whoever you trust. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think asking questions, educate yourself. Educate, educate, educate for your market and your area and find an agent that will educate you and help you through and hold your hand if you need it or not hold your hand if you tell them, you know, I know what I'm doing kind of thing and just someone that you can get along with, but educate yourself. I mean, that's just the huge name of the game. It's a very large purchase and it, it pays to get some free education from realtors because we do it. We eat, breathe and sleep real estate. I know I do. If you're a good agent, that's what you're doing. So so yeah, I mean this has been phenomenal and I think I thank you for inviting me and I think that yeah, the buyers and sellers just reach out and 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 lean on the professionals. You have your careers and your professional in one thing and lean on the ones that, you know, we're out here taking these risks and doing these things because we know a lot more about it. We you may know more or be smarter in your area and trust the people that are professionals in this area. Right on. And that's great advice about that. That's absolutely right. It's sort of like, you know, if you're ever involved in a lawsuit, the opposing counsel represents the opposition, right? They don't, they're not here to help you. They're here to help the other person. And it's sort of, it's a similar thing. Like, right, that the seller, if you're the buyer, the, the, the listing agent is beholden to the seller, right? The, the, the listing agent, right, do, doesn't mind if you get bamboozled maybe or, or whatever. Uh, so that, and that is a great point. And I just want to add something that, you know, Samantha, you sort of uh, didn't say it quite this way earlier, but, but you gave this message if people missed it earlier in the show, which I'll just summarize it by saying, don't lose, you know, don't, don't lose your dollar because you're sweating pennies. Uh, if there's a house that's in the, uh, the school district that you like, and it's a price you like and has features that you like, uh, don't, um, you know, don't, don't sweat it over, you know, oh, they won't paint this room for me or little nickel and dime stuff like that. If you're going to be living there for 20 years and you're going to be happy there and your kids are going to be happy there or whatever the case may be, I mean, over the course of 20 or 30 years, the cost of your painting that other room is just going to be a drop in the bucket. And uh, so really don't, don't, don't lose your, your big prize fighting over the little, the little fish. Um, so again, thank you all for being here again. We'll thank our guest, Samantha Knight Hansen for joining us and uh, being here again. She's with JS Walker and Associates. You can check her out at jswalker.com. You can hear every episode of this show at paulbayton.us. 
Thank you all so much for tuning in and spending your time devoting any amount of your attention to us. We're available on iHeart Podcast. Uh, we're available all over the place. We're on Facebook, DNP, uh, Delivering the Truth and Exposing the Lies. Thank you, everyone, so much. We'll be back next week with another show. Diana will be back with me. And uh, God bless. All the best. Take care. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.